You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Love Talk Live. I'm your host, Jamie Bronstein, and today I have with me Laura DeCracker Lang Reed. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for doing the show. Um, There is just so much that Laura is going to share with us today, and I'm going to read to you guys a little bit about her first, and then we're going to get into what what she's all about and how she's going to be so inspiring to you today. So Laura Langry is an advocate for parents of children with cancer and other chronic illnesses. Through the lens of navigating her three-year-old daughter Cecilia's battle with childhood leukemia and the complex medical system treating her, Laura developed a no-nonsense, well-tested toolbox that ensures couples don't lose their mojo and their marriage doesn't disintegrate. Laura is a voice for parents in the trenches, providing resources and education to help them navigate their own health crisis and come out stronger than ever. Laura is the director of performing arts in an independent K through 12 school in California. She's a teacher, performer, and works with the Make-A-Wish Foundation as the voice for their national training programs. She writes articles and creates podcasts to empower parents of kids in crisis for Elephants and Tea, Fear to Freedom, and Curto Media. Her three daughters, including Cecilia, are grown and thriving, and she and her husband are loving their second honeymoon. And I love hearing about that, (laughs) which we'll definitely get to. So um, can you tell me, first of all, what do you think is, for any parents out there watching this that are struggling, um, or anybody who's in a family, who's a family member who's struggling with any type of illness, um, but specifically romantic relationships. What do you think it was that you and your husband had inside that was able to, you guys were able to sustain and now even thrive through that very difficult time? You think something that we had in us before the event occurred? Oh, I'm I'm just asking. Wait, or was during, it something yeah. do you think you had before? Was it something that you guys learned as you went through it? I think a little bit of both. So we both grew up with um, our parents are are still married. Uh, we had some strong family guidelines as to what made a marriage work and what love was about. And my parents were in particular very very romantic, but we didn't really have any way of testing that until Cecilia got cancer. And I mm-hmm. think. I think having that foundation was very important. We also met quite young, so we'd had a lot of practice in in being a couple together when crisis first hit. And we had a couple of situations happen to us uh, with her diagnosis that really threw us in the first week. And that's pretty common for anybody going through cancer or chronic illness, which was the doctor gave us statistics for her survival, which were at the time they were 85% chance of survival. And he then said, but by the way, she'll never do math or science. And I think both of those things just kind of completely threw us because we thought, okay, A, our child has cancer and B, you're telling me she might not live and C, you're telling me she's not going to be the person that she was born to be. (laughs) So the two of us became empowered. Those are the catalysts for us to look at each other and go early point that as a team, this was the only way that we were going to survive because our experience, like many parents who have long-term illnesses or or chronic illnesses, 
it was years, years and years long. Well, I love that you just said that you made this intentional intention together to work as a team because so many times any type of crisis in a relationship, no matter what it is, pulls couples apart. And it sounds like this brought you guys together and made you stronger. Yes. And I think we're very lucky. I'm I'm aware of the fact that she survived, which was a big part of it. Uh, But you're right. Statistically, um, in doing my research for the, I, I am writing a book to help parents of kids with cancer and chronic illness. And statistically, what happens to us in terms of our mental health, depression, anxiety, and our relationships in terms of divorce statistics when our child is ill for a long period of time is pretty scary. And I remember a nurse telling us that early on, and we made the choice that we did not want to be a statistic. Uh, But I'm not saying it was all roses either. It took a lot of work. And in fact, my husband and I, when we were talking about this over the weekend, we reminded each other that, no, we made the intention that this was how we were going to move through this and we were going to move through it together. And I think that's the big point is that you, you have to see these problems that we go through in life and make a choice. And you can make a choice not to do it as teammates, not to do it as a couple. And there are consequences for that. Well, I also love that you guys didn't just make an intention, but you took action. You know, yep. you you walked the walk. There's a lot of talking going on in the world, but not a lot of taking where the gold is, where the healing is. And so I love that you guys took the action. You didn't just say, we're going to work as a team. You actually did work as a team to make things better, to make yes. your relationship better, to make your relationship stronger. And I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, do you feel that, because now you've been married for how many years? I think we're we're pushing 34, okay. 35 soon. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Do you feel like your relationship is even stronger now than it was a long time ago? Oh, 100%. A hundred percent. And that's because we actively work at it. There's no, and it's not work when it's somebody you love and it's something that you want. It's a privilege. And um, yeah, we do. In fact, we were, we were working, listening to your show. Uh, We were on a road trip this weekend and listened to a couple of podcasts and you got to keep doing that stuff when you're married. If you want to stay each other's person, uh, you gotta, you gotta put in the time. Yeah, I mean, I was just doing a, a session, and and um, unfortunately, my client was saying that her husband just she's like third down the line in terms of priority. Mm-hmm. And you know, I asked her when you were little, did you what? Did, how did you imagine your relationship to be? And she said, you know, not this. And and everybody deserves to be someone's priority. So, and I love what you just said that it's a privilege to love each other. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And, and you got to love yourself too. And I think that that's one of the things I, I love to coach parents of kids with cancer in particular, but parents of with children in any crisis is that if you are not taking care of yourself, which also includes setting boundaries for what for you for you can deal with, uh, you're, you're doomed for failure. Because if, mm-hmm. if you're not taking care of, you're not putting that oxygen mask on first, you can't help your kid, you can't help yourself, you can't help your relationship. So one of the things that we strove to do during that time was to have regular sessions 
I wasn't as as good as I'm advising uh, in my book, but sit down once a week because now I have uh, now I have the benefit of 20 years being past this crisis. Right. And 20 right. years past this crisis, I see the things that we did well, and yet the problem is that. And the reason I'm writing this book is there isn't a toolbox for parents. There isn't a way for couples to come together and handle this. And our medical teams are, are miraculous at saving our children. And that is their job. So where does it fit in of someone teaching us and training us and giving us the tools that we need to serve, not just survive going through this to thrive. Either of the matter is, even though we faced cancer with our kid when we were quite young, stuff's going to happen in your life. And if you don't have those tools of how to be teammates, how to advocate for yourself, how to advocate for your partner, how to build your resiliency, you won't know how to face whatever it is that's next because life isn't going to be always happy. It's, it's 50% happy and it's 50% stuff's going to happen. And we, I choose to find happiness throughout, even though it might be harder at certain times. And that's what I really want to help. There are, this is what still blows me away. Two things. There are, there are 400,000 parents of newly diagnosed kids with cancer a year. So this disease is not going away. And this trauma for these parents is not going away. And it was during COVID that I had the time and space teaching because teaching can think about, I want to go back and write that book I've always had in my mind since Arna and I were in cancer years because he and I would take copious notes and share them with other couples and families that we would meet along the way, like, hey, try this, try that. This might work for you. That might work for you. And now, as I'm looking back at this time and seeing what's going on in the world now, there still isn't a toolbox for couples to cope with their child's crisis and thrive as a relationship during it. So that's really what motivates me. It gets me really angry that that still doesn't exist and may want to do something about it. And I have perspective now, you know what I mean? I don't live and breathe in cancer anymore. Mm -hmm. Thank God. And mm -hmm. I, I'm very lucky that my daughter is thriving and healthy and newly engaged. Congratulations. Um, and not everybody gets, thank you. And everybody gets, oh, COVID gave me the space to do it. Well, what's interesting is you're saying you can't, you're in disbelief that there's not this roadmap or this manual out there for parents, but that's because you're the one who's supposed to do it. And uh, obviously nobody, motivating. nobody's done it up until now because maybe the world is waiting for your voice, your experience, your inspiration. Um, oh, and you. I feel like I feel like your book is going to help. I'm working on a book also. So I know that you have to, there's, you know, part of the book proposal, you have to address who is this book for, you know, and yeah. who are you going to sell this book to? And it's so wonderful because you are talking to like this, the things that you're going to teach aren't just going to be just for if you had a child with cancer. I feel like your teachings in the book are for how do you deal with stresses in the, when you have stress in the relationship, when you have difficulties through sickness and th through health, through, uh, through the good times and the bad times. And yes, have there been books to help couples? Of course there haven't, but this is so particular and 
no one is a better teacher than someone who has gone through it. And you have. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because when I started to, I went through a really intensive book course, um, a book proposal writing course and, you know, have done all the work and my proposal's done and ready. And, I, and there was, there were periods of time where I thought, you know, why would I be doing this? And then it occurred to me that those lights, those guiding lights, those people I clung to when I've gone, you know, particularly with cancer, but other things in my life, I lost my dad, you know, stuff happens. I've looked to those people to help me through people who have a story, people who have lived through something and who say, mm -hmm. Hey, you're going to be okay. Let me show you how that just is, is what gets me so pumped up and inspired. And, and there's, there's just a lot of people that need that hand. We were witness to, um, we remember very distinctly the first thing that we tried to do um, to heal was go to Camp Kaiser, which is an incredible camp for children who have cancer. Absolutely amazing in every way. When While our daughter was off playing in the woods safely, uh, we were at a parent meeting and we were brand new to our journey and we found, you know, we were ready to be inspired. We were ready to be helped and healed and listened to. And what we found was that there were parents there who were 10 years out, five years, 10 years, one year out ahead of us on their journey. But their suffering was so deep and they were not with their partners anymore. They could not center their anxiety anymore because they didn't have the tools to do so. And we knew, we looked at each other and thought, holy crap, we, we don't want that. And now, it's not holy crap, but we, we don't have that. I, I want to do something about it. Something needs to be done to help. Well, this is making me think of, and this, I know this is one of the things you wanted to talk about, was fear. So what is your what are your nuggets of wisdom? What's your advice to deal with the fear? How to rise above the fear of anything, but specifically this Um your topics to, to maintain that relationship with your, that romantic relationship. Yeah. We experience our fear in different ways. We experience it at different times. Um, you know, we would joke that we, we, we were always balancing each other. So one of us would tank while the other one was on a high. So that, that was always kind of nice. Um, in terms of dealing, it, it, in terms of dealing with fear, uh, it, it's, I think the first thing you have to do, because it's so easy to try to fix things, when, especially when the situation might not be that critical, but you have to acknowledge that it's there and, and it's okay. You can be fearful. Mm -hmm. um, Cecilia taught us a lesson that I want to tell you about because that was pivotal to, our pivotal to our family. As I've grown past this and done more work and exposed myself to therapy a lot, I realized that when fear comes, you have two choices. One is to sink into the misery and despair of my sad situation. And you're despite overwhelming. When you can sit back and accept, all right, this is my situation, whatever that is, and surrender to that situation, that's not giving up. That empowers you to go, oh, okay, my kid has cancer. It's, I surrender to the fact it's going to last three years. Here's what I can do. And then suddenly the world is open to you and is less paralyzing because you take action as opposed to letting those negative 
thoughts spiral in you constantly, which is so easy to do in so many situations. And let me just say that it's not like, for me anyway, it's not like you get it and you're done. I'll find that fear for whatever is going on will suddenly absorb me. Mm-hmm. But because you build that resiliency, you know you can do it. You pause and go, I fill that mind with something good. So Cecilia, um, she, Cecilia taught us this. She sent us on this path. She was three, right? You have a little one, right? Yeah, he's six. Okay. So she's three and we're, we, we never went to the dark side with her. We just tried to keep cancer light, if you will. So we said, okay, this is what's happening today. You've got a doctor's visit. You're going to get a sh- uh, IV. You're going to get a shot in your arm. This and that's going to happen. And we do expect you to be nice to the doctors and nurses. And then if all this happens well, uh, we'll go to the park. You get, and we can go out for a popsicle or something like that. And so we explain these details. She's listening. She's listening. And we are telling her what we expected in terms of her behavior. And she paused and she said, you mean you want me to have a positive? And that really became our mantra because we were asking this child to have a positive attitude, to reframe her thinking instead of thinking about this awful visit to the doctor where she could have just done nothing but think negatively about it. We were asking her to rewire her thought process mm. to have a positive attitude. So this positive word became like our rally cry as a family, like, dang, she can do it. We can choose to mentally shift our focus to what is going to be good in that day. Even if it's filled with a trip to the hospital, what is that nugget you can find that's good? Because hope and gratitude is going to send you forward as a couple and as a family in the most important way. And you need that when you're in a a crisis like that. Yes. I love everything that you're saying. I believe in radical acceptance and I love that you, you did that. You had acceptance and then you surrendered and gratitude the more times. Yeah. Because there's always gratitude available for us. And the more that we are in our gratitude, the more gratitude comes our way through the law of attraction. Totally. And it's very interesting. I mean, I don't know if, I'm sure they've done some some types of studies. Um, I know they've done studies with people with illnesses and what was their attitude like and did they survive? Did they not survive? And of course, sometimes there are the, the most wonderful, beautiful fighters that don't survive just because, you know, God needs an extra helper for whatever reason it was their time. However, story after story after story, I hear, and I'm sure you have also, you especially have heard even more stories with your community of how much that positive attitude, but it's not even just thinking positively yeah. and that having that hope and that optimism that can make such a difference in the outcome. It really does. And, and, and the journey too, because you are, and I don't, as I've said before, you know, I, and I appreciate what you said about the book being relevant, resonant for way beyond what cancer is, because that's what I've found as a woman is that, you're in this game of life. And, and in some respects, I got lucky that I had this experience early. My child survived, mm-hmm. but I get to keep practicing because it is a practice and it mm-hmm. is an intention. And it is, I, I, there has to be another word for you that for us than work, because it's, it's, a, it's a craft that is 
changes your life. And I do remember that mm -hmm. first person that said to me, you should, I think it was during Oprah's time of the gratitude journal when, when we were going through this and I was like, oh, are you kidding me? Really? <laughs> what do I possibly have? Grateful, whatever. And I kind of rolled my eyes for the first couple of nights. And then I'm telling you, it's, you know, it's, it's magical how mm -hmm. that transforms mm -hmm. you. And then to practice all of these things, setting that intention for joy, like I, I got to get up and I got to face whatever it is at work. I have to face whatever it is in my day, but I'm going to choose to face it with joy, setting that intention, writing those gratitude things down. It morphs you into a different kind of being because you see the world differently. And I, I, for one, I think if you think about it, you can get used to being in your sad story and it's a comfortable place to live. I would advocate for us to not be comfortable in that position even when you're in a crisis, even when your child has cancer, even when you have cancer, to not be comfortable being your own suffering. Acknowledge it, see it, surrender to it, go ahead. It's taking the action. It's not being a victim. It's yeah. not being in victim mode. It's being in thriving mode. It's, it's not letting a diagnosis and anything define you you define yeah. you get to choose you get to choose second to second day to day how am I going to show up who am I and it's also it's getting back to your essence and and um and getting back to the empowerment that we all have inside this authentic empowerment that comes from within we all have the ability it's a choice and it is and it's a practice and not everybody not everybody naturally has this ability and not everybody wants to as much as other people. So that's especially why books like your writing and is so important for people. It's awareness. It's knowing that you do have a choice. You don't need to be a victim for your whole life. You don't need to have your past define your future. You don't. And one of the things I, I'm doing in the book specifically and that and that my editor has encouraged me to do is that she said, you can't just don't just spew this stuff. You know, things spell it out. And then I thought about it for a minute. And it's true. When we are deep in a crisis mode, it can be really difficult to see the light and to think what mm -hmm. is next. Mm -hmm. And that's my intention to give parents is here you go. This is what's next. I got your hand do this. This is what you do when you go to the hospital. Here's how you talk to your doctor. You and your husband aren't, aren't doing this on the same page. Here's what you do. Your friends need to help you. Let me help you because we all need a helping hand in a more specific way. I think we, we can, especially if we're in a dark place, when we hear, come on, you can write a gratitude journal or surrender, can mm -hmm. accept, it can just be a little eye rolling. So I, I, I intend to, as, as you do on your show is to be very specific in that in that helping people to see the light again. And just one more thing I want to add to that. And then we need to get to how people can find you, how people can find yeah. work with you or get your eventual book, everything. Um, is that what you, it's, it's so important to ask for help. Yes. You know, no one, no matter what it is in life, you never have to go it alone. You can ask for help. You deserve that help. A lot of people feel like because they can do it or they think they can do it they, they and they don't want to bother people. But no matter what it is that's going on in your life, 
ask for help, ask for that support. People need people, especially now with what's going on. People need hugs. We need to be held. Ask, you know, think of the people in your life, no matter what you're going through, who make make you feel the most unconditionally loved and supported Mm -hmm. and ask for help. Nobody needs to go through anything alone. We're not meant to go it alone. I have a chapter in my book called Don't Be a Hero, You Already Are. And I I actually wrote for Elephants and Tea on the subject because we do go turtle a little bit in in that I can handle it. We think we're supposed to, we're told that we're supposed to do it alone and we cannot do it alone. Your friends want to help you. Whatever crisis you are out there facing right now as a couple, you also can't lean on each other 100%. You got to give a little slack and leave room for you to love each other and be romantic with each other. You've got people out there who want to do something for you at work mm-hmm. or your friends or family. Hit them up. Give them a yeah. specific task and let them lift you up to the next place and then pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what you just said about how it actually is its so helpful for the relationship. Of course, share with your spouse, your boyfriend, girlfriend, share with them how you're feeling. And, you know, you should feel comfortable sharing anything and everything. However, if that's the only person that you're venting to, then that will cause so much more stress in the relationship. Completely. Completely. You need to have the balance. You do. You really do. Well, and one of these days, I would love to either have your husband on the show also, or I'm making yeah. a documentary about couples. I don't know if um, our our mutual colleague told you about that, but um, maybe I'll interview you guys for my documentary because you just- Oh, like, we'd love it. You sound like an incredible, very inspirational couple also. Thank you. We would love to. Be so if you anywhere people can find you, et cetera. Sure. So all the information that I'm working towards for uh, my book proposal, I'm actively looking for an agent right now, if any of you are out there. And uh, I have a website at Laura underscore Lang at dash, Laura DeCraker Lang 3. You can find my website there. My Instagram information is there. And I'm writing prolifically um, on the topic of couples and resiliency and to support yourself and how to be an advocate. And all of those articles you can find up there as well. And on Instagram, please follow me at Laura Lang three underscore. Okay. Yeah. Cause the, the, in your last name, it's actually, a, it's a hyphen Instagram yes. underscore. Yes. Very important to know. But Laura underscore Lang underscore re. And I'll be posting and we'll be tagging. And so people can find you. Okay. Um, and as always, everybody can find me at the relationshipexpert.com. Thank you so much, Laura. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you everyone for joining us. Join us every week at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific. Love Talk Live on LA Talk Radio. See you guys next week. Bye. Thank you. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio.